This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Joined by Ryan Callahan, as always, when discussing recruiting breaking news commitments here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And Ryan, if you could could be so kind as to tell the, the good people, the good listeners out there while we're having another breaking news edition. Well, because Tennessee has just added another player to its 2022 recruiting class, uh, wide receiver Marquarius White of Alabama committing to the Vols on Thursday, uh, giving Tennessee another another nice pickup to to kind of continue this uh, this little bit uh, of a run that they've they've gotten started recently. A not nice uh, kind of summer commitment spree that that we kind of thought might be uh, might be in the works, and, and Tennessee definitely following through on that. This is a guy Tennessee hosted on an official visit less than two weeks ago. Uh, so that was his most recent visit uh, the weekend of June 25th. He also took official visits to Louisville and Virginia Tech. And it came down to Tennessee and Louisville in the end from what he told me before announcing his decision. And uh, just think he, he felt really good about Tennessee even going into that visit, uh, which was his first time on campus. And uh, just came away feeling even better about the situation, the, the chance to play in the SEC, the opportunity in that offense to – to, to really catch a lot of balls and, and, and make some make some big plays and, and what he expects to be a pretty explosive offense. So a lot of things there that just made it a good fit. And, and it's the guy Tennessee offered way back in February and, and pretty much made him a priority from that point on, uh, led by wide receivers coach Cody Burns. So uh, nice pickup here by Tennessee and, and, and kind of gets, uh, gets things started at the wide receiver position where Tennessee's uh, obviously in need of some, of some help, kind of need, needs to continue to establish the future at that position and uh, this, this is a speedy, smallish guy. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute, but you know, 5'10", 155 pounds, not the biggest receiver, but he can fly. And, uh, there's a lot to like about him on film. And I think Tennessee's pretty excited about this one. Yeah. Let's get the details out of the way here. The name, as you mentioned, Marquarius White, wide receiver, uh, from Pinson, Alabama, which is, uh, just basically North of Birmingham. It's up there near Trustful, uh, just there, right there in Jefferson County, uh, five foot 10, 155 pounds. As you mentioned, he is a three-star prospect, got a pretty good ranking for a three-star though. He, he's not too far behind, uh, some, some, some pretty some pretty big name players. So this is a guy who the first thing, well, I got to mention this off the top, his, his nickname and most people call him squirrel, which is just fantastic. Um, that's, I don't know if that's like as good as Bama's Kool-Aid McKinstry, but squirrel white on a roster would look fantastic. And I hope that happens. But in terms of just talking about the basics from this commitment, Ryan, th- this is something that, you know, we kind of knew that w- without getting, you know, not being negative about it in any way or trying not to be negative about it in any way. We knew Tennessee probably wasn't going to get like a top five recruiting class or anything from this cycle. We, we don't see Tennessee in for a ton of those 
just like, you know, top 100, top 50 guys, a couple of them, um, but not a ton. But what we see here is this staff getting players that it really likes. And this is a guy who, unlike maybe some of the other commitments in the class, this guy had some big-time offers. And, and I think for people who care about those kinds of things, which I'm not really sure you should always care a ton because what a coaching staff sees in a player is, is what ultimately matters, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder and all that. But the fact is, this kid from Alabama had some other big-time offers, did he not? For people who care about that kind of thing, Ryan, they, they should probably be pretty happy about this. Yeah, he, he did have some nice offers. And obviously, some of those teams did not end up being contenders in the end. They didn't post him on official visits. But the fact that they offered him, and not just offered him, but this spring, these are not old offers from you know schools that saw him his freshman year and thought, man, if this guy grows – we really like him. We'll keep track of him, but we'll give him an offer for now. These aren't two-year-old offers that ended up meaning nothing. These were offers from just a few months ago. So he got Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, all since March. Um, so those are those are obviously some pretty big programs that, that all saw the same thing Tennessee did. Maybe he wasn't as high on their board. Maybe he wasn't quite as, as, as interested in a couple of them. I, I don't know for sure exactly what happened. I think most of them probably saw him as a as maybe a second tier type of option but either way those are programs that liked him enough to to give him an offer just within the past few months and and that that to me signs off on what Tennessee sees in him uh clearly there was enough talent for those types of programs to offer him and those are the exact types of players I think Tennessee needs to be looking for in this class like you said it's a a class that Tennessee is facing some challenges with you're not going to be able to beat out some of those programs very often uh, in a year like this where you are facing some built-in challenges. So you, you want to go after some of those types of players that are maybe not at the very top of their board, but just below those guys and, and see if you can pick off some of them. And I think this this is kind of what they're getting in Marquarius White, someone that uh, that obviously has the talent to play in the SEC uh, and, and someone I, th- I think Tennessee sees as a really good fit for what they want to do offensively and just an explosive playmaker. We talked about it before with Dylan Sampson at running back, you know, this this offense needs some explosive guys to, to make it work the way Josh Heupel's staff wants to. You want some, some guys who can take a 15-yard pass and make it a 50-yard gain. Marquarius White can do that. He's, he's got several plays on film that are just that. He can be a deep threat. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to like about this pickup for, for an offense like Tennessee runs in particular. So uh, m- many reasons. I think this is a nice addition for Tennessee and kind of exactly the type of player they need to be trying to get in this class yeah and we saw back in in, in the spring and and you know if you, and if you go back and, and look at Hypel's film from UCF you see this too but you know I guess most recently we could look at what we saw from Tennessee this spring and, and that is these wide receivers sometimes have comical splits like they are using however long the field is however many yards it is this offense is using all of that space and I'm not saying that that you can't be a good offense without having big time speed uh, in a spread out offense like that, but it really, really helps. It helps to you know just think of it in the simplest terms. If you're going to spread the field out, right? You can either play football in a phone booth or you can play it outside. They're going to play it outside. And if you are going to stretch the defense horizontally, if you can really stretch them then vertically with some speed, you're really causing problems. And that's what a lot of these offenses have been designed to do since Urban Meyer brought a lot of them into the into the college game. And and, and so having guys like this, I mean Tennessee's got like a Jalen Hyatt now, but you know not a ton of absolute speed merchants, speed burners. You know Valus Jones Jr. can run, but he's not what you would call just an absolute pure burner. Uh, Tennessee traditionally the past few years has not really had a ton of those guys 
and, and you could tell both both with adding Samson as a running back and now adding Squirrel here as a wide receiver, and I'm going to call him Squirrel, and you're going to have to deal with that. He that that kind of speed is something that that you don't. Maybe maybe it's not just like an absolute need, but it's the closest thing to a need, I would say. Is that probably fair to say? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. When you look at this roster, you know, they, they've got some good receivers. Uh, you, you've got maybe one guy who's a little bit similar to a Squirrel White and, and Jalen Hyatt. You know, he, he's, he's more of a, uh, a burner, and, and we obviously saw him make a few plays last year as a true freshman. So you, you do have some guys on the roster who are somewhat similar to, to, to White in that way, but uh, you, you don't necessarily have a roster full of guys who can just make, make a big play after the catch, um, at least not that we've seen uh, so far. You know, you got some young guys who maybe can develop into that. You know, Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday, we'll see if they can be uh, sort of those types of guys. But you, you need some, some guys, again, who can take advantage of that space, catch a 10-yard, catch a 15-yard slant and take it the distance or go, or go deep and, and just flat outrun a cornerback, uh, out, outrun a slot guy or a safety uh, whoever he's matched up against, there's a, a ton of possibilities with a guy like this, and and I, I just think it's a it's a good fit again for what Tennessee wants to do, and I just think it's hard to find guys with that kind of speed. He he ran a 10.68 100 meters earlier this year. That's uh, that's moving pretty good. So um, he says he's run about a 4.37 in the 40. I, I can't totally verify that. I know people like to hear 40 times. I don't necessarily have one that uh, that we can vouch for, but. Regardless, that 10.68 uh, in the 100 is, is legitimate and, and reported, and, and that's, uh, that's a pretty good time. So you, you want to you get guys who can run like that at, at wide receiver to, to go along with some bigger guys on the perimeter. That's, that's a nice speed guy to, to plug into the slot in an offense like this, and we'll see what they can put around him now in this class, but I think it gives you a nice uh, explosive playmaker there at wide receiver to, to kind of get this offense started and start building what Josh Heupel's staff sort of envisions on the perimeter. And I tell you, if you're going to weigh a buck 15 a nickel, uh, you, you, you better, you, you better run fast <laughs> because if you're 155 pounds or, or, or so, and, and you're not fast, you're going to be hurting professionally. That's your job. You will be hurting. So uh, it's good that that size that he can run. And then of course you get him into a strength and conditioning program like Tennessee's, you know, you give him the right foods, you, you give him the right workout routines they can they can probably change that pretty quickly without losing speed. So that's something that I know people will will, will be concerned uh, about. Maybe some of they'll look at that size and be concerned about it. Uh, I can point to you a, a recent national champion and Heisman Trophy winner who would say uh, you can get by with that size. No doubt, and, and and I'm glad you brought that up because you know Tennessee's had some some guys in the past like this. Emmanuel Mosley obviously comes to mind, a high school quarterback who weighed about 140 pounds when he visited Tennessee the summer before his senior year and, and gradually built up from there was playing as a freshman and, and ended up being an NFL player, obviously. So you can clearly take a guy that's a little bit smaller with good speed and, and build him up. And, and sometimes without losing any speed, they can add, uh, add some weight, add some strength and, uh, and be perfectly fine. I, I don't know that squirrel white is a guy that's likely to be 200 pounds ever. Uh, you know, he, he's probably ideally suited to be a, maybe 180 pounds slot guy in the, in the yeah, long-term future, but that, hey, that's, that, that's, that's a okay. good number. Yeah. 175 to 180. So, that's probably a good size for him. Yeah. So, so you want to, you want to beef him up a little bit where he can take a hit to your point and, and, and not, uh, not get knocked out of a game all the time uh, in the sec. But, uh, but yeah, this is a guy that hopefully he's, he's slippery enough that you don't have to get him hit a whole lot. Uh, maybe a quarterback doesn't hang him out to dry and you get to avoid that situation, but you want to be a little bit bigger. You want to be able to 
block and get off press coverage and things like that. So you, so you probably do need to add some weight to him, but I think you can do that without him really losing uh, much, if any of that speed, and he could still maybe improve it. You see it all the time. Uh, examples of guys who weren't that fast coming out of high school, they can get even faster in college. The same, this, the same applies to guys who are already pretty fast. He could still maybe improve that even while adding some weight. So uh, yeah, I, I think nothing wrong at all with taking a guy like this, who's a little bit underweight and, and really fast. And let's face it, sometimes you see guys, too, who say they're 170, 175, and they're really more like 155. Why? We just He's a guy who's willing to admit that he's 155. That's okay. So uh, I, I think there's nothing wrong with taking a guy like that and, uh, and adding some weight to him. And I think he's just a, a good football player who can, uh, who can make, make, things, uh, make things happen, make people miss in open field, and, and you'll take guys like that all day. Yeah, and aside from his film, which I obviously like, I, uh, you know, I'm, again, I say this all the time, I'm, I'm not one of our top recruiting analysts, but I can look at film and usually tell you, hey, I think that guy's pretty good. I like this kid. Uh, I, I like what I see from this kid, but there's something else that I really like about his recruitment, and I'm going to tell you about it in just one second. But before that, uh, we got to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Then we're going to come back in segment two. We're going to discuss more about Squirrel Y. We're going to discuss Tennessee at the wide receiver position, the recruiting. We're going to discuss sort of getting some momentum going here in July, which is really important. And we're going to discuss also something that I, I really like when I look at his recruitment. So back in just one second, guys, let's go pay some bills. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his uh, home daycare center there on the other side of the tracks, the other side of town. We're discussing Tennessee's newest addition, Marquarius Squirrel White, a wide receiver from uh, Clay Chalkville High School down there, just just north of Birmingham, I should say, uh, up there in Pinson, Alabama. A 5'10", 155-pound burner. Uh, a kid who who really I think adds a lot of things that Tennessee could use in this recruiting class, and we're going to get right back to discussing that. Before we do that, though, guys, quick reminder: I'll be quick about this today. Please go in there really quickly. Please hit the subscribe button on this podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this very Go Vols twenty four seven podcast, and we do this for free, and we're happy to do it. The one thing we're going to do: if you're just listening on the website, guys, that's fine. We we love you. We thank you for doing that. But if you could also go in there, wherever you're listening to it, uh, if you're on you know, any of those services that I just mentioned, hit that subscribe button. Please rate and review this podcast. That's the only thing we ask for. It'll just take a couple minutes of your time at most, probably less than that, and it will help us out a lot. It'll also help Tennessee fans, you know, 
because it will help them find this podcast when they're flipping on their services and looking around. So the more of y'all write and review this podcast, the more Tennessee fans find this, the more we can continue to grow this at a rapid rate, which we've been doing since we started this thing a few years ago. So please, please take just a couple minutes out of your time and go do that. Ryan, when I look at, at Squirrel White, and, and I already mentioned this, I really like his film, but one thing I also like about this is that Cody Burns is his point man for his recruiter, um, you know, as his main recruiter, so to speak. And, and I really like that for a couple reasons. One, that's his position as the receivers guy. So he obviously knows that. He played that position. He played quarterback too. Um, but he also obviously knows the wide receiver position. He's coached at the SEC level. He's a good recruiter. But he's also a guy who's got a ton of ties in the state of Alabama. So on top of him – being a wide receiver at the SEC level, coaching wide receivers at the the SEC level. He also knows a lot of people in Alabama who will give him a pretty good read on just how good this kid is. So the fact that Cody Burns is all in on this kid makes me think higher uh, of this recruitment, makes me think that Tennessee probably knows what it's doing here. Yeah, and and to your point, uh, well, you've got Rodney Garner also who's at Auburn, and and maybe he was familiar with him uh, from from their time at Auburn. I I don't know how much he visited Auburn in the past, but that's certainly a possibility. And and LaVorne Harbin, uh, Tennessee's defensive line analyst who helps out Rodney Garner, all three of those guys were at Auburn before. uh, But you're right, Cody Cody Burns being heavily involved there and certainly having having those ties in Alabama certainly makes you think they – they knew exactly what they were doing in his recruitment, and, and uh, they, they were very intentional in going after him pretty early. That, that's the other thing that stands out to me is they offered him back in February. Uh, there weren't a whole lot of guys that, that they jumped on pretty quickly in February once, uh, and especially after Cody Burns' hiring was, was official. Uh, they, this was a move they made pretty quickly. They went after some other guys. You know, Jaden Gibson down in Florida was an early offer for this staff because they knew him from their, their time down in Orlando at UCF. Um, there, there were some other receivers they did go after, but Marquarius White was one of the first that they really targeted back in, uh, back on February 22nd, I believe is when he got his offer from Tennessee. So the fact that they jumped on him pretty early, um, leads me to think that, yeah, like you were saying, he, this is someone who was probably on Cody Burns' radar at Auburn and, and maybe he just hadn't decided to offer him just yet at that point, uh, before he left Auburn, uh, last year and, you know, said, Hey, I, I think he's a guy we can, we can really target at Tennessee and, and, uh, and and recruit pretty hard, and, and they clearly did from that point on. So that's a, that, that's a, something else you can kind of lean on and, and say, you know, you, you've got a good feel for him. You've got a good evaluation on him. Multiple guys on the staff pretty familiar with familiar with him now and, and like his, uh, his personality, his, his makeup, his character, all that stuff too. And, uh, and again, there's plenty to like about him on film, and, and you've got people in Alabama that can sort of vouch for all those things. So uh, I think all that makes you feel even better if you're a Tennessee fan wondering what to think about this. I think all those things kind of add up and say, hey, this is the guy clearly that Tennessee wanted and and targeted pretty early and made a priority for really more than four months before landing him. Right. Speaking of the wide receivers in general, there's two questions that I have, and I I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I would imagine that a lot of Tennessee fans have these two questions as well vis-a-vis the wide receiver position and this recruiting class. The couple that I have anyway, one – Numbers-wise, and again, we always laugh, Ryan, how, exactly how many guys are going to sign, exactly how many from each position? But in a general way, how many wide receivers do you think Tennessee maybe will or should sign in this cycle? And the second question is, this type of wide receiver, uh, it, it, does Hypel a guy with their system, do you think they want – um, they're adding a speed guy like this and a, looking at a couple other speed guys because they see that as just a deficiency on the current roster, or is that going to be just the kind of guy they always prefer? Or are they going to want, 
you know, to mix some of those sort of rabbit receivers with some some gorilla receivers in the mix too. Yeah, I, I think they're going to want uh, some additional size on the perimeter. I, I don't know that it's going to be 215, 220-pound guys very often, but I, I think they are going to want some some certainly some additional size to be able to go up and get a jump ball and things like that. So I think a lot of the other receivers, you see them try to recruit. You know, you're you're going to see some slot types. You'll see some guys that are speed guys. But then you'll also probably see some some you know six two two hundred types or six two one ninety whatever the case may be. You're going to want some taller guys to balance that out, and, and we're seeing that with what Tennessee is recruiting elsewhere in this class. A, a few in-state guys, uh, Caden Pope, a uh, little over six feet tall, but but a, another guy that they feel can play on the perimeter. Cameron Miller, a, a guy in Memphis they've been after for a long time, a little over six feet again. They feel like he can play on the perimeter, may, maybe even in the slot too. And then Isaiah Horton, another in-state guy. They're heavily involved with. He's in the six-two-six-three range. So you're going to see this staff certainly recruit a variety of receivers. So I, I definitely wouldn't say that uh, Squirrel White is the uh, is the prototype for what this staff will do. I think you're going to see uh, a pretty wide range of guys. Just maybe not a whole lot in the two fifteen to two twenty range. Those bigger, bigger types, but definitely some uh, some taller and longer receivers who can make plays on the perimeter too. Um, as far as this class, I think you're, you're probably looking at three, maybe four receivers, just depending on how things go. Uh, you know, I mentioned those three in-state guys. If Tennessee could get all of those in-state guys, I, I still think they'd have a hard time turning away any of them. So I, I think there's a that's one scenario where they could end up taking four total. So I, I think this is just certainly just the start of a of a wide receiver class that could be relatively big. Uh, it's one of the bigger needs numbers-wise that I think Tennessee has on offense and a class that mostly is going to need to address a lot on defense. Uh, the offensive line being the other big offensive need, but I think wide receiver is one of those positions where you, you've started to to make the numbers a little bit healthier by adding a couple guys uh, in, in the 2021 class, but now you need you need to sort of make it a little bit deeper uh, in this class and, and add three or four guys who can really help you there in the future. And, and certainly having a few in-state guys they've been after for several months now, uh, you, you want to try to get those in-state whenever you can. So certainly if they can land all three of those guys in particular, I think that's one of the one of the scenarios where you're looking at Tennessee maybe taking four in this class. Ryan, last thing before we get out of here, in terms of we talked about this just a little bit at the beginning, but you know, recruiting momentum is always such an important thing, and and people actually I say always in terms of my mind it is. You know, everyone's got a right to their opinion on this sorts of thing, just like anything else. But but I I do believe that recruiting momentum is a thing. I think it exists. I think it's real, and I think it's important. And when you look at where things were, we talked about this going into Ju- to June, right? Just how important of a month June was going to be for Tennessee, in terms of either starting to get the ball rolling or at least setting the foundation to get the ball rolling there maybe July and August. So so June was a big month, not in terms of – maybe not in terms of just a huge ex- explosion of numbers of commitments, but we said going into it that it didn't necessarily have to be about the number of commitments in June. It needed to be about the fact that they got some momentum going they got a foot in the door with some big-time prospects and some guys they really like. And it looks like now if you look over the past week or so, things are starting to – build momentum like they're starting to see some of that some of that work from before starting to really kind of come into play now is that fair to say or do you think it's overblown no i i think that is fair to say you know what we i think we said all along you know that, that month of june was going to be important for getting guys on campus and and to look back in a few months and see how many of these players did tennessee end up getting uh over the next few months because obviously there was some calculated risk involved in 
using some of the official visits they used. They used a pretty big number, nearly 30 official visits. I believe 28 was the, the total at the end of the month. Uh, that's a that's a big number and about uh, roughly half of the allotment for this year, uh, a little under half of the uh, the official visit allotment for this uh, for this school year or this calendar year. It's not exactly June through December, but for this year. Um, so you, you don't want to use that many if you're not going to get a large portion of those guys or at least a good number of those guys. And it looks like they're on on track to get uh, a, their fair share of those official visitors. So it's going to be, I think, a good risk. And most of those official visits were used on guys who were looking to make summer decisions. So far, a lot of those guys following through on that plan. So uh, this does look like just the beginning of a pretty good month for Tennessee. We thought July might be sort of commitment month for Tennessee after June's visit month, essentially. And uh, that's that's how it started off so far, uh, obviously starting with Jordan Phillips last week and uh, the, getting the defensive lineman from Florida to address a big need there. Masai Reddick, the offensive lineman from Detroit. And, and you, you, you know, add guys like uh, like Marquarius White, continue to take advantage of those official visits they used last month. It's uh, it, it does have the appearance of a class starting to finally take shape after a little bit of a slow start. And, and you can't overstate. We've talked about it before, just how much the dead period kept this staff from being able to build something the first four months uh, under Josh Heupel, just not being able to host visitors. Uh, until June 1st, it, it set back everybody. It was, a, it was a challenge for everybody across the country, but especially for a new staff that had very few relationships with, with the guys they were recruiting, especially in-state and nearby. Uh, they, they just they needed to be able to get players here to Knoxville, and, and now that they have in June, we're seeing them get results. So people who had questions about this staff and their recruiting ability based on the slow start, I think now we're seeing they are doing a pretty good job with the guys they've gotten on campus so far. And, and even in tough circumstances, they're, they're being able to seal the deal on some guys they've been recruiting hard for a while now. So uh, I, I think it's a, an encouraging start to the month of July. We'll see how they finish it out, but they keep up, they keep up this pace and, and build things going into the season. I think fans will look at that recruiting class. That's obviously not been ranked really high to this point and say, Hey, things are coming into focus now and it's looking a little bit better. Still not going to be a top 10 class or anything, but this is looking like a better recruiting class and a staff that's, certainly more capable of recruiting at an SEC level at a competitive SEC level than some fans probably wanted to think early on. And if you, if you had said, you know, if we're being honest here, the thing that you mentioned, which is an absolutely great point about the dead period and how difficult that, that was going to make it, if we're being honest, that was one of the reasons that some of us, and, and I'll include myself in that list, said Tennessee did not need to make a coaching change unless it absolutely had no choice um, because you, you were going to inherit that situation. It's a really tough time to make that change in the middle of sort of the COVID restrictions in the dead period. It's just a tough time to, to make that move. But Tennessee obviously felt like it needed to make that move. It threw itself at the mercy of the NCAA. We don't need to rehash that. We know what happened. Tennessee made the coaching change, and now Tennessee um, had to deal with some of the things that come from that, right? I mean, that's just how it goes. You can't, you know, you, you can't have um, the good stuff without having to take some of the bad that comes with it. So that's where things are for Tennessee. Ryan, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we'll. Uh, that that's a good place to leave it. We'll just have to see uh, see what else happens here in the month of July. But it, you know, we've kind of hinted at it already. I think Tennessee's in good shape with several other guys who at least are looking to make decisions before their senior season. So whether that's the rest of the month of July or early August or even mid August, I think over the next month to month and a half, you're going to see several more players uh, that Tennessee's got a real shot at landing. And if Tennessee gets its fair share or most of those guys. I think we're going to be looking at Tennessee's class as uh, in, in pretty good shape going into the season. So we'll see if the Vols can continue to build on, as you said, some recent momentum 
uh, three editions uh, early in the month of July and, and still still looking to add more. So it's a nice, uh, nice spot to be at compared to where they were just a month ago. There you go. I think we can leave it right there. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And thank you all for listening. Appreciate it as always. Always say that. Always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and making this a part of your day here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Go Balls 24-7. Uh, you can also go to Twitter.com slash Go Balls 24-7. Both of those social media sites, very Tennessee exclusive, obviously. Not going to have a lot of personal stuff from us on there. Those are just the work accounts, so you can go find those at twitter.com slash go balls 24 7 and facebook.com slash go balls 24 7 but if you want that most delicious east tennessee mountain spring water just right from the tap good stuff smoky mountain style go get that at go balls 24 7.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball with all the, the big things those guys got going on there all things lady vols with maria cornelius who does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us we got two forums running around the clock on GoVols247.com, we've got the checkerboard and we've got the summit. And, and those things are there for y'all to have this podcast form. Um, but you can be in it and you can be there asking us questions and we will answer them. And we are called 24-7 for a reason. Just about one of us is up just about all the time. So we got a big community, thousands of Tennessee fans on there around the world who communicate with each other. Water cooler style, uh, anything that's not political or religious in nature fire right away guys we are there to have a good time we are there to talk ball we are there to talk life and all of the good stuff so go get that right now govals247.com you can always get always get uh, the seven day free trial to check us out always and we've always got other good deals too so check in on the site frequently jump in guys there is never a bad time to do it go to govals247.com and do that and if you pay us that price which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month. Less than one mediocre lunch per month will get you all of that that I just mentioned, and it will get you free access, ad-free, to Paramount+, Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount+, Plus, which is just about anything you could want in a streaming service. New movies all the time. Got every show ever made in the CBS catalog, commercial-free, including some of those exclusive Paramount+, Plus-only stuff. Uh, some of those new Yellowstone spinoff shows are coming exclusively to Paramount+. Plus. Great stuff there. Also, you get sports, you get SEC sports, which obviously means the Vols, you get the NCAA tournament, you get NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, all of those things, all of those things, plus stuff from the catalogs of MTV, Comedy Central, BET, and Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. My wife and I have been watching all the, the, the space stuff that's on there from Smithsonian recently, tons and tons of good stuff on there. Go check that out, and if you pay us that price... We give you that for free. That's a $100 plus annual value in your pocket. No one else can do that. We will do that. We'll give you 100 bucks every year, basically, just for being a member of GoVols 24-7. No one else can do that. We can. So go check it out. GoVols247.com. Until then, guys, you should hear from us later in the week unless big breaking news happens before then, which is always possible. So we will see. Thanks for being here. Be good to each other. Be kind. Let's get through this summer. And then, uh, guys, it's almost football time in Tennessee. It's good stuff there. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.